0: You're listening to Pod Fabula Productions, a mashup of fiction, non-fiction, ideas and commentary, created and narrated by your author host, Victor Quista. Today's episode, spaghetti noun, adjective, verb. Say what? Did I hear spaghetti noun, adjective and verb? You got that right. Welcome back everyone. Listen on and enjoy today's show. Today I'm profiling a work of creative nonfiction. If you're not familiar with that type of writing, as stated at creativenonfiction.org, nonfiction defines the genre simply, succinctly and accurately, as true stories well told. And that, in essence, is what creative nonfiction is all about. In some ways, creative nonfiction is like jazz, It's a rich mix of flavors, ideas, and techniques, some of which are newly invented, and others as old as writing itself. ThoughtCo.com states more succinctly, Creative nonfiction is a branch of writing that employs the literary techniques usually associated with fiction or poetry to report on actual persons, places, or events. Enough literary education. Let's get to the story, or essay, or... Whatever. Now for something completely different. Spaghetti. Noun, adjective, verb. Grammar can be tricky, even for renowned experts. You might expect more from the Oxford English Dictionary, normally a definitive and authoritative resource for words and their usage. This reference blunders badly when it comes to spaghetti. Here is the singular listed definition. Noun, pasta made in solid strings between macaroni and vermicelli in thickness. It does help for the dictionary to include this morsel about the word's origin. Quote, Italian, plural of the diminutive of spago, string. Close quote. Nonetheless, this definition does not satisfy. From both a culinary and grammatical perspective, the Oxford English Dictionary has it wrong. Such an oversight warrants correction. Yes, spaghetti is a noun, but it is also an adjective, and in the lexicon of the masses, it should be a verb. Noun. A word, other than a pronoun, used to identify any of a class of people, places, or things, common noun, or to name a particular one of these. Proper noun. At least Oxford got the grammar right when it comes to usage as a noun. Words have power. You hear or read the word spaghetti, and immediately your mind conjures a bowl of beautiful curls and swirls, set before you in anticipated gustatory delight. You begin to salivate, as though Pavlov just rang a bell. Perhaps your mind drifts to an image of carbonara. You see bits of pancetta spaced haphazardly and generously amid a sea of creamy sauce sprinkled with fresh parsley. The smell wafts from bowl to fork as it passes en route to your palate. You can taste it. Your eyelids close halfway as a dreamy smile forms, sublime. Ah, such a happy face. You twirl your fork and prepare for another heavenly bite. Perhaps you visualize a lemon artichoke pesto with capers and sun dried tomatoes arranged in a medley of basil garlic seduction, subtle yet lingeringly satisfying. Or is it spaghetti alla puttanesca? Does this tomato sensation from Naples tempt you? Quote, in the style of a whore, close quote, as the name suggests. Sprinkle with some Pecorino Romano cheese and indulge your passion. Bellissima! Red sauce, white sauce, cream sauce. Do not deny your appetites. Spaghetti calls to you and beckons you with the pleasures of the flesh. Don't simply conjure a mental image. Go boil some water! Your taste buds stir as meandering thoughts of spaghetti gather. Your nostrils flare. You can smell it. Your palate tingles in mounting anticipation. That is power. Unless you are on a low-carb diet or gluten-restricted, then your emotions might turn to lusting after that which you deny yourself, temptation unfulfilled, unrequited love, or to anger at life's injustice, deep condolences that you do not enjoy the pasta pleasures that life affords. Take solace by watching the spaghetti scene from The Lady and the Tramp, or listen to the famous song, On Top of Spaghetti. Perhaps you can still enjoy the meatball sans pasta. Spaghetti is so much more than the Oxford Dictionary's hunger-repressive noun denoting solid strings between macaroni and vermicelli. One does not crave for, one does not dream about, solid strings of anything, although Macaroni itself is interesting, not because it is, quote, pasta shaped in the form of narrow tubes, close quote, but rather for its secondary meaning, as an eighteenth century British dandy who imitated continental fashions. This is the macaroni referred to in Yankee Doodle. And when it comes to vermicelli, I refer not to pasta in the form of long, slender threads. This particular word, diminutive of verme, or worm, has a distinct anti-appetite imagery, especially in comparison to putanesca. Would you prefer to sit down and enjoy a bowl of worms, or to dine with a saucy, spicy, enticing lady of the evening? Fortunately, the Anglophiles at Oxford have provided a much more appealing secondary definition for vermicelli, quote, British, shreds of chocolate, Used to decorate cakes or other sweet foods. Now appetite can be restored by thoughts of a beautiful bowl of pasta and some spiraling shreds of chocolate dancing upon a mouth-watering dolce for dessert. Despite unintended insults leveled at unmentioned bucatini, spaghettoni, fusilli, and other pasta strings between macaroni and vermicelli, Oxford has at least given us food for thought, beyond the banality of the definition they provide for spaghetti. Leave it to the Brits to give us something fanciful about macaroni and downright delectable about vermicelli. Splendid! The lexicographers deserve recognition. It is but a small measure of vindication for the dreadfully boring definition of something both delicious and historically significant. Give the mates some slack, and realize that the British are known more for their clothes than for their cuisine. Italians did not sport macaroni-styled, dandy, fashionable, continental imitators strutting around in sartorial splendor. They were too busy making fresh pasta in the kitchen. No one disputes that Marco Polo, intrepid explorer and merchant who traveled to China around 1271, returned to Italy with some fantastic gems and valuables. None can say for sure whether he brought back the idea of a Chinese-style noodle, an idea that became spaghetti, as the true origin story for this culinary delight. Perhaps, as some historians suggest, it came from the granaries of Sicily that supplied the hungry bellies of Romans throughout the old empire. Who cares? It tastes good today, and remains a delicious and nutritious kitchen staple. Spaghetti is an alchemy of wheat and eggs, the bounty of Mother Nature, transformed into a gift presented on a platter. Who wants precious metals or jewels? You can't eat those. You can savor pasta with all its pleasures and delights in sheer gustatory orgasm. Put that in your funk and wagnels. Adjective a word naming an attribute of a noun, such as sweet, red, or technical. The good folks at Oxford completely blew this one. Of course spaghetti is a noun, but grammatically it is also used to describe the attributes of other nouns. Haven't you ever heard of spaghetti westerns? Perhaps those lexicographers missed the Wikipedia entry. Spaghetti western, also known as Italian western, is a broad subgenre of western films that emerged in the mid-1960s in the wake of Sergio Leone's filmmaking style and international box office success. Films such as A Pistol for Ringo, Once Upon a Time in the West, and The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly represent iconic American classics. Now what would, quote, a coffin-dragging gunslinger and a half-breed prostitute become embroiled in a bitter feud between a clan of southern racists and a band of Mexican revolutionaries? Close quote. The IMDb plot description for Django, another spaghetti western, be doing in a dispute about grammar. Here's the point we should all take umbrage. The Oxford English Dictionary actually has a definition for Spaghetti Western. Noun, a Western film made cheaply in Europe by an Italian director. Where did these word scholars go to school? Unhyphenated Spaghetti Western, as they represent it in the Oxford English Dictionary, cannot be a noun. It's two words. Head knock, duh! Furthermore, clearly and unequivocally, In this case, the word spaghetti, used to designate a particular movie subgenre, is grammatically an adjective. Some grammarians might argue that the use here is as a noun modifier, analogous to vegetable soup. In this example, vegetable is a noun modifier. However, if you substitute Italian as an adjective to modify the film genre, the grammar is apparent. When an authoritative resource such as Oxford gets it blatantly wrong, it rocks the very foundation of a writer's faith and confidence. Made cheaply, this association could have something to do with my linguistic outrage. Alternatively, this could stir recollections of the ethnic slur from the 1900s, spaghetti bender. This pejorative label for Italian immigrants, pandering for money, denoted a useless and worthless person. It makes my ancestry DNA pride-enhanced tribal blood boil to associate spaghetti with cheap and or worthless. Well, not really. Perhaps I need to boil some water to prepare a nice spaghetti bolognese. That should settle me down. Indeed, the anticipation is already tempering my indignation. Admittedly, those particular types of Western movies had some pretty cheesy dialogue. The dialogue reminds me of a cheap domestic Parmigiana instead of the authentic import from Parma. My whining child within must be hungry. A slice of mozzarella and I'll feel better. Excusing the indiscretion of Oxford's literary mistakes and oversights, let's look at another example of spaghetti used as an adjective. The Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is a legally recognized faith community. Clearly, the adjective spaghetti describes an attribute of the deity. This is grammatically no different than red ball, where the adjective red describes the noun ball. While one can theologically debate the merits of this genderless, monotheistic deity, such exploration goes beyond our grammatical correctness subject matter. You can dig in to learn about the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster by typing this or Pastafarians, into your favorite search engine. I do share a certain fellowship, insofar as my personal belief that a fine plate of pasta is heavenly. Perhaps I am a pastafarian at heart, or at least at the gastronomic core of my being. Should I braid my hair into spaghetti dreadlocks? There are other uses of this grammatical form, spaghetti code in computer programming, spaghetti limbs to suggest twisting flexibility, and spaghetti straps on a dress. Are you, or the person sitting across from you at dinner, wearing some? There is something bold and audacious about wearing spaghetti straps while dining on spaghetti. Yummy tummy and candles. Who knows what might happen next? Consider the possibilities. The possibilities. Verb. A word used to describe an action, state, or occurrence, and forming the main part of the predicate of a sentence, such as hear, become, happen. I can't fault the staff at Oxford for not including the verb form of spaghetti. The English language adds about 8,500 new words every year. It's time to make room for a new verb, spaghetti. All this is provoked by a discussion I had with a close friend. He suggested that I throw some spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. You've heard that expression, maybe even given that advice. Throw some spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. One cannot deny the action here. Verbs describe action. If words are powerful, sentences are even more powerful. Usually that's because of the verb. Verbs have the power to pummel, berate, engage, and enthrall. Verbs can mystify, magnify, and mesmerize. They transform, tantalize, and transmogrify simple words into action. Verbs are a force to be reckoned with. In the aforementioned expression, the origin actually relates to instructions on how to determine when spaghetti is cooked. As it reaches boil perfection, the softness and stickiness of pasta changes. Underdone, and there remains an undesirable crunch. Overdone, and you have much to contend with. That sweet spot of Goldilocks just rightness is what cooks, chefs, and anyone who enjoys spaghetti is looking for. Preferences vary but most desire a consistency termed al dente. This translates as, quote, to the tooth. If you taste pasta and it is just firm enough to stick to your teeth, it is cooked. If you throw a strand of spaghetti against the wall and it sticks, it's cooked. That, at least, is the theory. In practice, it doesn't work. Think about it. Is your wall tiled, painted in semi-gloss, or flat paint? If you have a stucco finish, I strongly discourage you from flinging spaghetti against it. Surfaces all vary in their coefficient of friction, a way to measure how slippery the material is. The adherence coefficient is a measure of adhesion. Finding the correct match between the coefficient of friction, respectively, of both your pasta and your chosen wall to throw it at, and the adherence coefficient of both spaghetti and wall becomes a bit of a challenge. There are too many variables, including temperature, humidity, altitude, the force at which the pasta is projected, and the amount of wine consumed by the testing party to make this a reliable method. But this is not the use of this expression intended by my friend. His advice suggested that I try different things and see what works. Put some ideas out there. Float some trial balloons and see what sticks. That's the way we use this expression in common parlance. The universe is full of potential and possibility. Get motivated, be action-oriented, take a chance, figuratively, throw some spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Now, why waste all those extra words when we can include all the embodied meaning in using the verb spaghetti? All the action and all the meaning is conveyed by the verb. Sam. Why don't you spaghetti that and let me know what you come up with? Julie, I had a few ideas that I spaghettied and picked the best solution. You get the idea. The verb form communicates problem solving, it connotes an approach to throw out ideas in action oriented experimentation. Instead of possibilities, think of possibilities. Get with the program, Oxford, recorders of words in common usage. There's a new verb in town. It's not some cheap Western movie slang. It's more than a plate of satisfying strands of ambrosia to feed your hungry soul. Spaghetti is a way to approach life. Chew on that. Life is full of possibilities in ways you never imagined. Go along and spaghetti something, and you will amaze yourself and your friends. Start with the Great Spaghetti Pasta Challenge. Come up with something delightful to the senses. Use spaghetti as a noun, adjective, and verb, all in the same sentence. In other words, spaghetti, a spaghetti sentence about spaghetti. That's a verb, adjective, and noun, all in the same sentence. Make it something to curl and twist and convolute the rules of grammar and sensibility. Make it saucy and spicy. That's right, challenge yourself to cook up the most eloquent preparation of grammatic perfection and then send it off to the literati at the Oxford English Dictionary. Serve it up to the cooking magazine of your choice. Let your family and loved ones dine in amazement at the word salad recipe you create. It will undoubtedly be a spaghetti masterpiece. Mangia. La vita è bella. I must admit, that is one of my all-time favorite pieces of writing. That's a wrap on today's show. I don't know about you, but I suddenly got hungry. All podcasts are available on my website, www.writingtoraiseconsciousness.com. Multiple download platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and so on. Just search for my name, Victor Aquista, or Podfable Productions. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and tell your friends. We also have a new Facebook page for Fobbler Productions, where all the episodes are posted. Also, check out my Amazon author page for a variety of fiction, non-fiction books, and short stories. Till next time.